Today is August 10th. Welcome to Native Calgarian. Oki Naganago Mekoche Chase Tokom Aki. My name is Red Thunder Woman. My married English name is Michelle Robinson, and I use she and her pronouns. Native Calgarian is being recorded on the lands of the Nitsitapi, which is the Blackfoot Confederacy. The Blackfoot south and the opposed US Canadian border are the Blackfeet. North of the border are the Siksika, Ganai, and Bagani of the Confederacy. These lands are Treaty 7, signed September 22, 1877, with signatures that include the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Chiniki, Wesley, Bearspaw Nations of the Stoney, and the Dene from Sutina. I acknowledge all First Nation, Métis, Inuit, status, and non-status across Turtle Island as the keepers of these lands. All non-Indigenous are treaty partners with the government signing on your behalf. I honor the Blackfoot as the elders and members have been so kind to me on my Red Road journey. Elder Red Crane taught me how to pronounce my spirit name. I was born here in Calgary or in Blackfoot, Malkinstis, as Michelle Elliott, another English name which has afforded me privilege in an English colonial world. My mother is Northern Slavey Dene or Satu Dene, but my Indian Act imposed status card by the Canadian government says Yellowknives Dene. My father is so Canadian. I am a daughter of the Mayflower and a daughter of the American Revolution while having an Indian Act imposed status card. My Dene lineage roots me in the land of the Hare people, also called the Great Bear Lake people in Treaty 11. I'm a native to Turtle Island and my Dene nation is a visitor to this area of Quinchotine Indahe, meaning many horse town, named after the Calgary Stampede. Land acknowledgements are critical for creating a safer space for Indigenous, as well as honoring the host as a guest and acknowledging your role as a treaty partner. My humblest apologies to the Blackfoot elders and language keepers as I try to learn proper pronunciation. Any mistakes or misinterpretations will be on me. I encourage all questions so that misunderstandings can be cleared up as soon as possible. I do not speak on behalf of all Indigenous, but I just share what I know as I walk down my red road. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian, where you can pledge and support. Thank you to previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com, where you can send in your comments or your questions. Uh, also, giving a review helps whichever medium you're listening from. And I have a YouTube channel that you can subscribe. Go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcasts and pin posts on social media. And with that, I'm really happy to have returning guest Marilyn North again, and I'll let you introduce yourself, Marilyn. Okay, Michelle, and thank you for uh, having me uh, once again. And today, uh, I have some, you know, updates to bring from the campaign. First of all, you know, my name is Marilyn North again, and I'm uh, running in the municipal election for October 18th, and uh, we're just trying to rally up everybody to come together and to uh, vote for Ward 7 and to vote Maryland North again for Ward 7. But with that being said, today I'm sharing the, the spotlight. Um, the Well, first of all, you know, the, the people of Treaty 7. Yay! <laughs> 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 um, I, what I gave you is there's my colonial name. The um, My spirit name, um, the Treaty 7 elders know me as Nenaki, which actually is translates to chief woman. So, um, you know, it's I've, I've traveled a, quite a bit of a long journey to get to this point, um, to be running in this election. And it was actually one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make in my life. Um, so with that being said, I wanted to run this campaign on, on my beliefs and my values and, and who I truly am, because, you know, I'm very principled. What you see is what you get. And that's, you know, there is no political me and there is no private me, they're both the same. And with that being said, along this campaign trail, um, I've been really reaching out to other candidates within other wards to see what their uh, their values were in actually building a community because that's very important to me. It's not about individuals, it's about the person who can take the community building to the higher level. Mm. And with that being said, one of the people that I've actually partnered with going forward and um, we, we've given each other their, our support. This is the candidate for Wharton 4, and this is Angela McIntyre, and I, I'll have you introduce yourself. Sure. Hi, I'm Angela McIntyre. I'm running for City Council in Ward 4. I'm uh, one of five daughters. I have three daughters, and my husband has four sisters. I'm daughter of Emma daughter of Rosie, daughter of Emma, and I really um, 
I really appreciate being able to be here today and speak with you too, Michelle and Marilyn. And I, it's it's really an honor for me to to get a chance. I'm a fan of your show, Michelle. I think it's great, and uh, it's an incredible fan of the work that you do, both of you. So uh, thanks so much for inviting me. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to chat. Oh, I'm so honored to have you both here. Holy. Um, so for those who may not know, I ran in Ward 10 last time, but I placed fourth. So I didn't even like do that great. I wasn't even like runner up or nothing. So um, I understand how hard it is putting your name on the ballot. And that part I know. And I definitely wish the type of, you know, support that I would give a candidate that I believe in that people would have given me. So for folks who are out there listening, you know, here's Angela, here's Marilyn, here's two people that you can endorse, you can vote for, you can volunteer for, you can fundraise for, and uh, that bigger picture too, that you can tell your friends and family. It, I think voting is obviously the most important thing to do, but if you are, you know, living in this part of the city and over here, you have another family member, it might be a good time to start talking about the municipal election coming up and what values matter to you because you know things like public infrastructure really matter to me and i wanted to be at that table to advocate for those things and i know marilyn is definitely like all the way in when it comes to uh the convention center and the concept of revitalization in that area and obviously the green line is an issue there's so many things to really discuss and talk about. So uh, Angela, I've been lucky enough to have Marilyn on my show. What are some priorities for you? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, I, I'm a long time Calgarian in the sense that I was born in the Yukon and we moved here when I was three. So as much as I would like to claim um, that I love, you know, the Northern Lights and that dark and light, uh, I haven't been there in a long time. But so I grew up in Ward 4 and the 80s was a weird time, I think, for everyone. You know, it was just a strange time. And one of the things that really inspires me to run is the engagement of youth and my daughter's ask me why would we allow these policies to still be in existence or why is this still happening or you know and I said well I came from a place where you didn't wear a seatbelt you threw your garbage out the window it's a strange uh it's a, it was a strange place in the 80s but we've learned you know and and uh, we're learning day by day and so I believe in fact-based optimism and that we can do better together that uh that we're innovative, we're smart, we've got into this trouble by design. For instance, our downtown core is hollowed out uh, because the model that we built that worked at the time isn't working now. And, and that's okay, but we can't be afraid of change and we can't be afraid to um, create those green-based cities so that we can create livable cities for us. So uh, that's a long rambling answer, but I guess uh, it, it's a, why can't we do better? You know, uh, that's my sort of biggest question. And, and so I'm here to, to hopefully we can, you know? Yeah. I think one of the issues Angela and I really saw eye to eye on was that, you know, the fact that the city, the municipal the government, the way it's set up now is that they're set up to actually um, reach those short-term goals and to, to see change as a negative thing. On the other hand, the only thing that we have in this life is change. And how are we, what we do today is going to matter into the future. So what are we gonna do today to accommodate that long-term change and what we need for, for our youth? Because you heard Angela, right? You know, our youth are important and they're actually the ones who are bringing to the forefront these issues about environmental. So we need to start listening to that voice and we need to start paying attention and we need to start advocating and doing things as leadership so we can have that future and we can hand it down in a, in, in a manner that's, that's going to be sustainable into the future. You know, I'm so glad you said that. Um, it's that bigger picture. Like we borrowed this earth from the future. I don't understand how people don't have that lens. Um, I remember very specifically, you're talking about the 80s when we switched from you know, brown paper bags to plastic bags and everybody was okay with that. And I, 
like I, it didn't make sense to me then like you were so we're using something we know won't break down how like what logic is this in any capacity and that was just the thinking at the time and just it's what we do and you know I was telling my husband there's an online campaign right now to just ban pickup trucks just ban them and I was I was laughing because as you know I am for sustainability I'm you know against the 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 climate change that is happening around us like the, there's so many folks in denial of what is happening right but then at the same time i'm like well you know we can just transition into like canola oil gas and stuff like this right like there's 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 way we can ways we can do this that's not dependent on the fossil fuels so you know some of this conversation can get kind of ridiculous when it comes to okay what is saving the environment look like right now um, but I'd, I'd like to be getting there municipally with our politicians that are running because I need to vote for somebody that I know understands that this is an issue. Because when I hear things like, oh, I'm for common sense fiscal responsibility, I'm like, what does that even mean? Other than I'm a conservative and I don't care about, you know, uh, women, children, public infrastructure, <laughs> nothing. And so that's why it's so refreshing to have women run one and two that are thinking about the future as opposed to this constant rhetoric that I hear in from the Sun Media, all of that conversation. So um, what does sustainability look like to you? Um, so, you know, Marilyn and, I, and Marilyn and I were talking about this earlier and it's that funny idea that there's an either or. So, you know, either it's the economy or it's the environment. And I don't think that's true. I don't think that argument holds water at all. Um, you know, my husband's a carpenter and we haul so much stuff in his pickup truck. You know, he works with a pickup truck. And I can understand uh, some trepidation with people that are like, why do you need a pickup truck if you don't haul things? But, uh, you know, that, that, that feels like picking on on important issues yes we need larger picture of way bigger <laughs> transition our thriving innovative energy sector they're the ones with the money they can you know they're working on the innovations it doesn't it's not an all or nothing thing and yeah and I know the the leadership for the uh, the indigenous people across the world have been talking about this for for a very long time is that we do need those leaderships to be advocating to those those companies with the money who don't don't want to change and we need to push that change with them because you know indigenous people you know we, we talk about environmental racism we talk about you know all those issues what we're missing is that leadership that reflects what the community looks like that need that that, sh that should be you know putting that really loud voice to these issues that where it's missing and that's what we need to start holding accountable to, you know, to people who, who, who need to change and who don't want to right now because of that money. Yeah, and you, you vote, you know, you, you vote for you, your municipal candidates, you vote with your dollars, you vote with um, every decision that you make in a day. And, you know, back to fact-based optimism, there is a lot to be afraid of, but, there's a lot to look forward to, you know, um, we can, we can work together and we can use these innovative solutions to make a city that we all fall in love with again, that investors fall in love with again, that, you know, indigenous leaders have such a strong place at the table mm -hmm. with just innovative solutions to how we make our Calgary better. So you know, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And I, I, you know, sometimes I'm not and I cry for a day, but, uh, you know, I, I really try to try to be hopeful. I think we have to be because we both have children. We're both mothers. And honestly, at this point, I don't want to hand this world to my daughter yet. I'm not ready to hand it over the way it is. So, you know, I, I've taken it, you know, into my own hands and as well as other candidates like Angela to make sure that that change is going to happen at a very high level. And we wanna see that change happen as a community. You know, we've waited a long enough for it to happen and it's, it's time for it to, you know, to come forefront for, you know, for all of Calgarians. 
Yeah, and and I agree with that a lot, Marilyn. Like the idea that um, it's if you can't beat them, join them, kind of. And uh, that might be a reason that you ran too, Michelle. Like these are where the decisions are being made. Um, if people's values align with ours, that uh, community innovation and equity are the bedrocks of our success. That's how we're going to move forward long-term thinking, long-term solutions, then people will vote for me. But if, if I don't represent, like if I don't, my views don't align with people, then I won't represent them anyways. You know, so I keep, you know, keep the hope up that uh, when I'm door knocking and people are like, yes, absolutely. Let's do better. Let's change this. Let's get better. That, that, that brings up hope for me. Absolutely. But um, I, I'm telling you, I'm really new at this door knocking <laughs> stuff. Um, I, I know I've had a conversation with you, you know, outside of this, this, this arena. And I told you that the only experience I really had was, was a, as a kid ringing on doorbells. And then when they answer, I jump behind the trees. So this was about actually me stepping out of that comfort zone and um, honestly, just walking up to the plate and going, it's not about I have to do this. It's that it needs to be done. Yeah. And just getting out, doing those doors. And and I, yesterday we had a very, uh, a, a very, actually a very good evening in Hillhurst. So um, that kind of gave me more motivation to go out and meet more citizens within Ward 7 because you know, there's with with everything that's been going on over the years, especially with the anti-racism and myself working on that portfolio, it was uh, it, you you get wrapped up in a lot of the negativity, and you know, it's good for the community to show me that positive side and their resilience and their want to change because this is what's giving me strength to keep going today, especially now that I'm starting to get a little tired in the campaign. But you know, we just keep going. We keep going because we have citizens to represent and who want, we need to keep listening to. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, I wish we had more of that, 100%. I, I come from Ward 10 and that was the one that Ray Jones had to step down from because of health issues. So uh, I actually wasn't even represented for like the last year. And George Chahal and uh, Giancarlo, they tried to kind of tag team the three wards and I was just like oh, this is not working for me but here we are so and now we have a whole new slew of ward 10 folks I'm not too sure who um uh, better turn this off <laughs> sorry about that I'm not too sure who in ward 10 I would be supporting um because there's two candidates I love uh, so it's really hard for me to say that the one is a Black Lives Matter organizer and one I've known from uh, liberal circles for a long time. He's a very progressive, wonderful man. So I'm hoping that, um, you know, folks look at them both very carefully and, and consider having some diversity at the table. <laughs> That's a, a thing that matters to me because um, I'm watching Janice Irwin on uh, social media be her best self that she possibly can be and uh, you know the haters are still coming but what matters to me is that she's representing a demographic that needs representation and you know it gives hope to a lot of folks so what does hope look like for both of you well i think hope you know i i've, I've really I really struggled with that word for a long time because it meant something different to me in, in the Canadian forces. Hope was just, you know, reaching a day where I was going to come home. Mm. So for me now, it's, it, it's hope that I'm going to hand over a decent, you know, a changing world to my daughter. So it's really the definition for me has changed throughout my leadership journey through life. And this is where I'm at now because I am facing so many decisions within the leadership I've, I've accomplished and the, the leadership I plan to accomplish. So that, that meaning is actually evolving for me right now. And it's going to mean something different to me on October 18th. So. Yeah. She's going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That, I that like getting home. Like that's, you know, Marilyn and I were talking about, um, like this, I hope that I can 
and I hope and I'm working towards staying really authentic throughout this journey because I am me you know I'm like a round 45 year old fuzzy woman that loves community loves the earth loves justice wants to make a better day you know and um you get caught up in this kind of funny campaigning and from the day I announced people are like oh this is what you should do this is what you should be and uh but I can't fake it I'm me like I am too obviously me so um I hope that people see me and see us and see women running regardless of the outcome of our election like and they're like man if they can do it I can do it you know I'm hoping that uh that we're working towards a future where it's not just one cookie cut out of politicians you're just this middle-aged white man with your suit on you know like that that it's all of us we mm -hmm. we're all we all have voices that are important so well you know, I would argue is, uh, sorry I was going to say I'd argue those white guys in the in the suits middle-aged guys have what got us into this mess of climate change and all sorts of things that's why I need folks like yourself to step up and be in yeah because <laughs> I we need we need change I would get a nice suit. If, like, I want a tailored suit. I'll wear a three-piece suit if that's what they want me to do <laughs> to make proper decisions. But, you know, I'm still a community builder in the end, learning to be a politician, right? So, yeah. Yeah, agreed. That's great. I'm so happy. I love seeing the collaboration. And I know you guys were talking about this idea of collaboration and then having, uh, you know, a fundraising events and such. Do you want to tell us a bit about that so that folks listening, maybe they're inspired to come and meet you both. Absolutely. So um, right now we're we're looking at, uh, at two venues and we're looking to organize. And you know, I'm I'm a very very huge advocate for the arts community and for art musicians and for artists and you know for anybody who can do art, which is what I can't do. This is why I chose to protect them and not do art. So you don't want to hear me say. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's you know we want to bring our our artists in to you know give us a, a little bit of a concert and we're going to have a, have some dinner we're just we're going to bring the community together and to introduce you know a couple of the cultures together so i would like to bring in a drum group and do a dance demonstration and angela is going to bring in some musicians and you know we're going to bring our teams together to come and collaborate on this event but we also want it to be a fundraising night so we're going to have a silent auction and uh, we're going to hopefully broadcast that both on our, our websites so we can actually, you know, get the attention of more people who, uh, if they want to partake in the silent auction, and if they just want to see some of the events going on, you know, within. So we're going to sell tickets to the general public if they're, they're welcome to come and join us. But, you know, the majority of it at this point is going to be about the fundraising and about acknowledging the teams and our volunteers who stand behind us without questioning what we need because you are right about one thing and this is something I've learned on this journey I have found out who my real friends are <laughs> and it's that that happened within the first two weeks yeah so when you find people who can actually exactly not say oh I'm cheering you know I'm cheering for you but actually stepping up to support you in some way that matters a lot that matters more than those words that they're saying because this is a very difficult journey and it's a very tiresome journey. You don't get very, very much sleep sometimes. You so, see this great you know, hair, right? You both are seeing yeah. this, right? I <laughs> mine. I get a dive <laughs> mine. I don't know if you can see. <laughs> see, that's our advantage. We get away with dying. But my God, yes. So yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited to hear that. Angela, I wanted to ask you a bit about that fundraiser and how you met Marilyn and, and how that whole thing came up, came to be as well. Sure, absolutely. So um, I believe that community comes together with food and music, uh, regardless. I think it's just the easiest language to bring people together, uh, the easiest around understanding worldwide. And so um, Marilyn's a bit of a hero for me because <laughs> she was with, she was an author of the White Goose Flying Report. And 
like when I had a chance, I've been searching for her and I was hoping to speak to her and I hadn't seen her in person yet. We've met online and stuff. So um, I didn't, I actually haven't told you this. This is a kind of an embarrassing story, but uh, I went, <laughs> maybe we can cut this out if it's really bad. This is so embarrassing, you guys. I, uh, so we were at the healing TP raising uh, at Fort Calgary and you said that you were going to be there and you said that Adam yeah Pigan North Pigan my North uncle. Pigan was yeah. going to be there but I didn't know it was her uncle I thought it was her husband because they had the same last name and so I walked up to him and I was like because he spoke and spoke incredibly <laughs> eloquently and he was he was really brilliant and I, I was like hey is is your wife here and he was like yeah she's right she's right there and Lena. so I walked over and I was like I've only seen Marilyn online but that's not what she looks like but I walked up and I was like Marilyn and she and uh who what's her name uh Lena Lena yeah, yeah. she's really sweet she was just like uh nope <laughs> and I and I was like doo, 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 you know you're embarrassed and I was like doo, 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 walked around and then but Adam came up and he was like she's looking for you she and uh she's like no she's looking for Marilyn and I was just like oh. I, think, I think Adam would, would love that story because this is not the first time that we've actually run into this situation and uh, first of all, you know, we're talking about my uncle Adam again here, so we might as well introduce him. He's uh, the president for the 60s Group Association of Alberta, and he's the one who initiated the uh, apology to the 60s Group, or he advocated and, and actually successfully advocated for the apology to be issued by uh, Rachel Notley to the 60s Group survivors for what they went through. So he does a lot of advocating for that community. And um, how, why he seems so young and why I seem so young <laughs> is he's actually one of the youngest of the North Pagan family, which is like 13 children. And he's one of the younger brothers. And I was one of the, um, the older grandchildren and I lost my father very young. So he, he kind of, because he was, he got his life together. So he came in and he kind of took that role over and he oversees a lot of that father figure stuff. So yeah, I, and you know what? You're not the first person who said that. When we did the launch, you know how many people came up to me and went, I just love your husband. <laughs> I don't even know why. I don't even have my husband's last name. Like my husband's last name is Roddick and I'm McIntyre. I don't know why I expect other people to have the same last name. But yeah, he's a brilliant speaker and it was very awkward to embarrass myself like that. Yeah, I know, but it's well, humbling. It's funny. It's hysterical, actually. And, you know, I'm just lucky enough to know um, Adam and, and Marilyn from different circles. So it just worked out that way. But actually, I, I only recently met Adam's wife and uh, just a lovely, lovely woman, I tell you. And I, I, my understanding of Blackfoot culture and you know, I'm Dene, so um, like I've been really lucky to always have my aunts and my uncles surrounding me all the time. And I'm the oldest grandchild too. So I've had all the aunts and uncles always kind of keeping me in line. And they're really close to in age with me too. A couple, like my my two youngest uncles and my youngest auntie, like we're, we're actually really close in age. And then, um, but my one uncle passed away, my youngest uncle, he's already passed away. So um yeah, just so funny how that is. Like, there's just something about Native community, like all your aunts and uncles are your parents anyway. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my, my mom was one of 13, and she was at the youngest end. And so her oldest sister's daughter is my mom's since passed, but is at like my mom's age. Mm. So, you know, so I have that, and my dad was one of nine. So I have this like am amazing multi-generational family of, and often I'm like, I don't know, second cousin, cousin niece, mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. it gets confusing in a way, but, uh, but it's lovely. It's lovely to have the family. So, right. So the things we find in common when we sit down and have conversations, it doesn't matter how different, different you are, you're still you, you still have things in common. The world <laughs> is very small. 
yeah it really is i hear you well i'm really happy to hear that we're all mothers we're all mothers we all come from a large family at least on my my mom's side my my native side my dad's side i only have one uncle so you know just (laughs) so boring i'm just kidding i love my family don't get me wrong and I, my, I, my daughter only has one, like we only have an only child. So she's not never going to have the luxury of having lots of uh, family. Well, she will of cousins, all the cousins and second cousins. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, 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 back to municipal politics. What was the final straw that made you run, Angela? Oh yeah, so if we can, if- if we're going to cut that whole weird story out, we can start here. I will because so, I respect you, but I am so going to try to ask my husband to save it to show Adam. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You can leave it in. I don't mind. I'm, I'm, I don't mind. I, don't I make mind. a lot of awkward, like, that is one of my well-known things in my life is that uh, I'm things, so I'm not. It's totally fine. But the beginning of that was when I finally met you. We, uh, we've just had a lot of fun and we're both, I think we're both coming together in a place where we're like, this is a journey that can involve a lot of anxiety, can involve a lot of time. And uh, so we've just really been trying to do fun things together, which is sounds nerdy, but it's been like, let's have a fundraiser with lots of arts. Like tonight we're gonna make pizza in the pizza oven. Let's just, try to um so for me that's that's been great a great connection and uh yep <laughs> we went for lunch the other day and i was in, on high anxiety and and uh, you said <laughs> i was like that last week i'm okay now you know so it's just nice to connect with people yeah. that are going through the same journey you know? god yes so thank goodness that you're both doing it i'm so happy to see that um you know when i had ran we had ask her and there was supposed to be collaboration but I mean when half of your collaborators you're running against at times it seems a little weird so you know it it was kind of a an awkward dynamic so it's super cool to have you both running together but in different wards so there's not like that conflict of interest (laughs) I know totally (laughs) we're in the same ward I don't know no or something <laughs> but I, I think the you know getting out there and actually getting to know other candidates um, it also helps us to share our values with each other because you know like I said it's it's when we wh- whoever's going to get into this municipal they need to take those values and they need to see them you know come to come come to light with whatever planning that's going to happen and but what one thing I've heard is that this municipal election is the election, you know, of the generation, right? So, you know, we, we really need to reflect on who our candidates are. And, you know, for me, it, it is about collaborating with other candidates to find out where that community voice is, what is needed, what, you know, what are we going to need in the next generation when we pa- before we pass this to our, our children, you know? So collaboration is important to me. And, you know, like I, one thing I, I totally agree with, with the uh, anti-racism forum was it brought to the forefront that the way we do municipal politics is no longer good enough for Calgarians. So we need to start tracking a new way. And that is about figuring out what, you know, what the collaboration, what, how are we going to, you know, we need to work together in city hall when we're, when we're there, when we get there. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying if I'm saying when, yeah. so, you know, we, we need to have that working relationship. You know, we're going to have different viewpoints. We're going to have different, you know, values. But it is about bringing that to the table and having one voice for this community. And that's really important to myself and to Angela. So I think that's why we, you know, we really get along well. So yeah, and I think that's a lesson you learn coming from a big family is that y- you are never going to agree on everything. You know, like you're in a family, but you can't get rid of them. You know, you got to make it work. And I think that being in a big family helps you to realize like, hey, how do we move forward with this? Like, how do we get together in a way that we can be the best for what we're doing? You know, get rid of that, as we said earlier, either or, but 
you know, just, just make it work. Let's, yeah. let's make it work and make it better. You know, it, yeah. I don't think it has to be as complicated as people make it. You exactly. had your, um, I loved your three bullet points. Oh yeah. I was talking about the uh, triple bottom line that I, I use in, in, in a lot of the talks with, uh, yeah, recovery, resiliency, and reconciliation. And within that resiliency, we have the triple bottom line, which is our economic, our social, and our environmental. And we should be ensuring that our, the decisions municipality makes, that they hold those, you know, into the future, because those are important. You know, people are telling us those are important. And one by one, they're always being overlooked, and we need to stop doing that. Yeah, and, and everything needs to be looked at through those, like through that lens. And I often find myself having to back up all my arguments like, well, this is where the economic benefits are, but they are all benefits socially, uh, mentally, mm -hmm. within our well-being of our humans and prosperity. You know, if your citizens are doing well, then everyone's doing well. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it just, you know, anyways. Yeah. So I, I think together uh, I'm really excited about the changes that we can make and Calgary has been doing a pretty good job. I mean, I, there's lots of stuff that, that we could complain about, but they're, they're really trying to implement some things. And I think this new council is exciting that yep. it's going to be a new crew. Totally that's ready new to crew. Like there's not very many incumbents running at all, actually. And even the one in Ward 10 is not the incumbent, even though he claims to be as such. But, uh, you know, so that it'll be really good to have some new faces there. Um, it'll be nice for the city clerk to do the, they do the intro to everybody. But it'll be really nice to have a new change. And I'm hoping people work at getting along. Because like right now, uh, one of the candidates running for mayor I want to say he's from Ward 11. I mean, there was no teamwork. It was always the, his lone vote. And I mean, we need folks willing to work together, not always be that lone wolf that uh, does their own thing. So, and wolves are respected in my culture, but, you know, I just meant it metaphorically. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear what you're saying. And there are leaders out there who are going to do things for the benefit of the that you know themselves other than the community and unfortunately you know that's uh, that's up for people like us who are going into leadership to make these individuals understand that you know what yes I know you have a personal agenda but you're also here to listen to the community and I suggest you do that too so it's it's about us as a community holding those individuals accountable yeah to actually feeding off the fears of the citizens but actually producing real solutions and not fear and yeah. uh you know I, I i completely hear what you're saying and you know there's a there's a lot of uh citizens of calgary need to make an important decision on october 18th especially you know with 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 the fresh faces that are coming in and one of the biggest issues that i'm i'm really concerned about is you know because people are going to be so new how many of these people are going to really know the policies we've already put in place that need to come to life through the recovery and through the revitalization and, you know, especially, you know, the foundation of reconciliation that, that was given to us through the anti-racism forum and as well as the white piece flying writing. So we need to see all that come together. And it, it is about people having knowledge of what those are. You know, the community safety investment framework, for example, and the mental health strategy that the mayor announced. Those are specific programs we need to see into the future. You know, that's important. Yes. And I would argue that uh, having the new counselors in place with these things that they haven't really done yet, because you handed them the White Peace Flying Report in 2017? 20, yes. So, yeah. you know, there's not a lot that's been done there. But every question that I've had from every interview I've done has asked me, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. I'm like ask I was like I'm just gonna do what Marilyn said I'm like she wrote it I'm like we're gonna do it like let's and I and hold me accountable like if I say that I'm gonna do these things show up your voices matter like 
you said you'd do this, it better be done. Like No, I'm, I'm mad about it. In 2017, when I ran, I was talking about it. And I yeah. um, kid you not, even the mayor didn't know what I was talking about at that time. Like, I don't know how I caught him off guard. He's literally on the spot talking about the municipal election coming up. And even he was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's not acceptable. Yeah, like, that's another, that's an issue we, we, where I know I'm running across quite often in Ward 7, are that, you know, folks in the ward are very concerned with how the municipal government has created policy and not use those policies. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just from, from reading and sitting with, with the government for so long, I have learned one thing, their business plan, and I really talk about this all the time, you know, that it's written in their business plan that they have an obligation to talk to the Treaty 7 leadership to make those economic ties that's going to bring the, you know, that economic value into the municipality of Calgary. We've yet to actually see that come to light of day. Can you imagine how much, you know, economic value we're losing in Calgary because we haven't adhered, our government hasn't yeah. adhered to that policy and that's their own. And as well as the environmental policy I just found out about, that we actually have that in City Hall, but no one's holding the businesses or, you know, anybody accountable to actually implementing those from the municipality. They're there. They're just not utilizing them. Yeah. Hey, Marilyn, uh, my next book club, uh, so this will be September 13th or 11th or something, um, is on the call to action uh, 92, which is business and reconciliation. So I hope I remember, or if any of my book clubbers are going to listen to this before then, that they look up that policy so that we can talk about it during our book club, because that's just another example of dropping the ball because, um, you know, like I talk about uh, the United Nations Declaration of Rights of Indigenous People, and we have inherent rights, economic inherent rights. <laughs> and, you know, so Call to Action 92 obviously talks about that. But uh, ultimately, to me, when it comes to TRC, Call to Action 57 is anti-racism training and Indigenous education for all public servants. And when I don't hear anybody talking about that, I just know they absolutely will not represent me in any capacity. And when I hear other, um, you know, visible minorities talking about it, and they don't understand by implementing that one call to action and having our public servants actually educated on anti-racism helps everybody, like everyone, even white people, it helps white people not to be racist. So I, I don't understand why people don't see the gravity of this and why it is we need to implement it. And that's not even talking about the um, inquiry. We have 231 calls to justice that we still have to implement as well. And we're not talking about that because we can't even talk about reconciliation because we can't talk about truth. <laughs> yeah. Ah! A lot of it is, but I'm gonna tell you one thing. The only, the only way that I, I sat down at that table to work on that white goose flying report was that the end result was going to benefit everybody because I still have, I made an oath when I was 19 years old, you know, as a Canadian Force soldier to represent everybody of all, you know, nationalities who, who, who consider themselves Canadian. And I, I, I honestly, that's a lifetime oath that I gave. But that's so that a, means that it's also intergenerational, Marilyn, because your ancestors and my ancestors signed that stupid treaty thinking we would be equal for multi-generations. So like that, there's just an inherent in like in there with you with me to be equal for all that we just still don't see reflected in our leadership so i i understand what you're saying and that oath i think is important to highlight to everybody because for some reason people get in the head a native person can't possibly represent me and it's like no you don't understand we not just represent um native people but everybody yeah and that's the bottom line that i've been trying to I, I'm at the process now of, of learning how to deliver that message because that is true what you just said. And I'm finding that out front line and I have to keep repeating myself saying, but you guys got to remember, I, you know, what everybody needs to remember is that I, you know, I gave an oath to represent everybody of all colors. And I, I guarantee you that's what I've been doing since they brought me into the municipal, you know, level to actually have that engagement with the, you know, when the with the municipality, which they didn't take serious, obviously, but but, but, but I, not only sorry, Angela, not I just want to bring up this real quick because Marilyn brought up 
um, reflecting all nations on both of her lid on our Facebook, our face mask that we wear door knocking. She has the medicine wheel, which she really clearly articulated to a person who asked about how it represents all people, all nations. And I think that's really important because that's a barrier that indigenous women, well, indigenous people actually running uh, face that I don't know if non-indigenous do. So that I think it's so important to um, highlight that. And I apologize for cutting you off, Angela, please go ahead. No, I'm, you're, I'm saying the very same thing as you, like not only can Marilyn represent everyone, but she can represent them well. You know, like her experience is great. Her background knowledge is amazing. Her ability to work within the system is proven. Her experience is, is huge. So, um, you know, you look at some people that are, I'm not, I'm not going to cut down anybody running, but I'm just going to say that like Marilyn's, I'm a super fan. Like she has put in the time. I'm a super fan too, you know, <laughs> but she's put in the time, you know, so it doesn't matter whether I'm a woman or indigenous woman, you are here to represent the people and you've made that clear and you would do it well. And, and she's shown it actually, you know, in so many ways with collaborating with, with me, but not just me, everyone, you know, she's, she's, I was saying to her the other day, like, you're the candidate that is getting together with everyone and trying to understand, like, where are you coming from? What are we doing? How can we make this better? Like that, that, that is how we should run everything. How can we make this better? How can we talk it out, meet face to face and have this clear understanding? And it, and, and it's amazing. So if Yay. I was in your ward, oh. <laughs> if you're in ward four, you need to vote for her too. So yes, yes. We're new best friends yeah. now. So we're going to eat pizza. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I really appreciate hearing all of this because, uh, you know, I've been trying to hold every level of government to account on these issues forever, it feels like, but it's only been maybe 10 years that I've been politically active, so it hasn't been forever, but I, I know these things need to be mentioned and said, so, you know, green plans, um, sustainability, reconciliation, resiliency, and, and one of my favorite things you kept highlighting, Angela, was that how it's not um, our economic gains isn't at the expense of, you know, social gains, like you're actually together. And um, I tell people, you know, it's actually more fiscally responsible to invest in social at times, social programming or um, initiatives, because that will actually save us in the long run. So, and makes a healthier, stronger community. And that's what I want. I want, you know, folks like you running and representing me so that um, my daughter and I can live in a place that matters. And you know, isn't so expensive to live. Uh, so, you know, these are things that matter to me. I, I, I know it matters to other Calgarians and I, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see bike lanes in Ward 10. <laughs> I wasn't seeing what I wanted. And um, I couldn't even like take my daughter in a, I had to have one of these huge monstrous um, chariot strollers in order to take her anywhere that could basically, you know, do mountain biking on its own because there just wasn't proper infrastructure for me to walk my dogs and my kid, which was insane to me at the time. But now, you know, whatever, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm old. So I was riding my bike around, you know, Center Street and up to state with no bike lanes, just fighting traffic all the time. So I'm so, so happy that there's like bike infrastructure for things like that now, because it matters. And during the pandemic, when we shut down things like Memorial Drive, and, um, you know, people were walking like that was wonderful to see people out and about. I mean, I don't love seeing Center Street Bridge closed, but I do if it means that people are out and about and enjoying city center instead of just working there and seeing it as such a, you know, pain in the butt to have to pay your bills as opposed to a community that's worth living in. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, there's money to be made in green-based economies there's money to be made in arts and culture the amount of money we brought in with film and television the amount of money that can be brought in through tourism because we have a livable city innovation around 
aging well, productive aging is huge. The amount of seniors that I love that are in our city, that if we bring in innovations, those are multi-billion dollar businesses. And right. so, you know, that that's money to be made. So it, it, back to it's not either or. Protecting our people can make us money. And I, and I think that's, you know, I always say that I um, believe in human rights, but I hustle for money. So I don't know what that makes me in the, in the scheme of things, but. Uh, well, we live in a neoliberal system. Uh, I don't know what to say about it. We just do. So we have to figure it out. <laughs> <gasps> Who's that pupper? I don't Sorry, know. I've got I, a lot of dogs. We got a fan. Yeah. <laughs> right? I <laughs> love vote, dogs. I got one bit. We got a voter. I got a voter here. <laughs> I think he's bringing that public message of clean up your poop if you walk your dog. As long as it's not mine. Right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So what's been one of your highlights of campaigning so far, ladies? Uh, you can go first. There's highlights, been a few. Yeah. yeah. I actually yeah. really enjoy... Um, speaking to the people that are like this is what we can do to make this city better uh real talk real ideas the youth that are like hey why don't we make mental access points in all community associations so that uh, we can help with mental illness you know just real ideas that can work that are not that expensive that we can do to to so so that's been my highlight i would say i think to the uh the community has been a very, very big highlight. Um, you know, I've done a lot of, a, a few community events and just having that, you know, that unity within a community, especially when they're all multicultural. And, you know, for me, that's a, that's a very big defining moment. And that allows me as a Canadian forces to say that this is what I, you know, what I serve to see, you know, so what I, I'm starting to see, you know, I'm getting a lot of inspiration from the citizens of Calgary. And that's, that's what's keeping me going today. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I can't tell people, you know, door knocking, especially you just get to meet your neighbors, you know, get to know them and just have nice conversations, because a lot of them don't want to talk politics, but they'll tell you all about their flowers on their lawn, whatever, their pupper that comes to the door, you know, there's all these stories that you get to really have. And then the kids are hysterically funny. You know, they'll call us to account right at the door. <laughs> <laughs> They're so great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so these are things I love to hear. So thank you both for being on my show. Is there anything else that you'd like to kind of add? Um, just, you know, everybody be careful and really analyze the candidates that are running in your ward and make sure that they're representing your values, but not just, but also the values of, of the community that we've created as a multicultural community, trying to head into the future together. So take that into consideration. Yeah, and join our fundraiser, donate to us, take a lawn sign, volunteer, yeah. we're a hoot. Yeah. We're so much fun, uh, but yeah. Sign up to coffee chat. And watch yeah. this podcast. <laughs> there you well, go. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm so glad to have you both on. Thank you for up the update, Marilyn and Angela. You're welcome on anytime too, just to talk about it. Because uh, again, I want people to know, like if uh, something comes up between now and the election and we need to talk about it, let's talk about it because I want to, and I want people to feel more informed when they go into this election with what they're going to actually vote for because we need like forward thinking people holy I can't believe we have to say this my god I don't want to hear I, I'm you know fiscally responsible uh, responsible and uh, you know I'm all about common sense because as we all know that what does that even mean to you but she can't even define it <laughs> anyway thank you both I so from the security world. <laughs> I come from the security world you don't want to know <laughs> right yeah thank you so much yeah. michelle it's a pleasure and thanks for marilyn for setting this up very kind yeah it's it's a 
it's been fun and, uh, and hopefully you'll edit out all the uh, you know, I'm just kidding leave it all in leave it all, leave in. It all in there it's all good have some fun with <laughs> it that's good you know I have this uh, um, exit where I give resources and like I encourage you both to chime in if there's something you want to add as I speak and uh, we'll go from there so I'm really proud this podcast has given solutions uh, throughout all of its episodes, including cultural safety training or cultural first aid to make a safer place for people of color, those with disabilities, LGBTQ+, and of course, Indigenous. And uh, Cheryl Ward, Chelsea Branch, and Alicia Fritkin have a wonderful piece of heretohelp.bc.ca about what is Indigenous cultural safety and why I should care about it. And like these are our steps of things to think about if you see like a, a Muslim woman being harassed on a sea train, how to intervene safely and de-escalate the situation as opposed to making it worse. Um, and as always, I encourage people to pull out your phones and start recording always. Uh, their work and those cultural action tools I've said over 100 times in my podcast, so please support work as part of your reconciliation work and settlers understanding. I'm just lucky enough to repeat them and highlight them here. Internalized racism or lateral violence is another form of violence Indigenous and marginalized folks experience by the structure of oppression imposed on these lands. RacialEquityTools.org, What is Internalized Racism by Donna Bevins is a great resource. Do's and Don'ts for Bystander Intervention by American Friends Service Committee. Uh, they have some really great things of what to do. And then if you see or experience racism, the Asian community here in Calgary uh, started act2endracism.ca where you can even text them at 587-507-3838 so that can be properly documented and recorded. Indigenous have been talking about our issues, sharing our traumas in reports, commissions, public hearings, just so it can be regularly disregarded as Marilyn watched on that stupid anti-racism three-day uh, session that went on. <laughs> no more. Honor our words. Honor the treaties. Listen to politicians and their policies and platforms. They don't recognize the marginalized with their budget with gender equity plus if they're cutting violence prevention program services, indigenous education, uterus health choices, gay straight alliances, lack of human rights for migrants, immigrants, uh, folks with disabilities, know that your vote is going to directly negatively impact indigenous people, marginalized people, demand that they implement the Truth and Reconciliation Commission calls to action from their report, the recommendations of the Royal Commission on Aboriginal People, multiple reports about child welfare reform and violence prevention. And now we have 231 calls to justice from the National Inquiry on Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, Girls and Two-Spirit. Denying these reports is a form of abuse called gaslighting. Our people are experiencing extreme racism in the educational justice and health institutions with multiple reports that say the same thing. Demand change from the election platforms and politicians. If they don't understand colonialism, racism, privilege, and sexism, they literally have zero business running. Should be understood by all parties, local politicians, community organizations, sports clubs, etc. Great article I said out loud is Truth Before Truth, how non-Indigenous Canadians become allies. Seriously, all you have to do is Google in how to be an ally to Indigenous people. There's like multiple resources out there. If you're experiencing emotional distress after anything we talk about today, want to talk, there's a First Nation and Inuit Hope for Wellness Helpline at 1-855-242-3310. It is toll free and open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also text through their website at hopeforwellness.ca. For more related to missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit, there's a phone line 844-413-6649 and it is 24-7 crisis line as well. There's usually a functioning 211 if you're in an urban um, setting for non-Indigenous, but you can also try 833-456-4566 if you're feeling distressed. And then of course the 60 Scoop Indigenous Society of Alberta is ssisa.ca and you can look for hashtag survivor driven if that's more related to what you're looking for. If you're experiencing racism, again, the Asian uh, community put together Act to End Racism, and you can text at 587-507-3838. And there's also the Trevor Project, which has lots of resources for LGBTQ2 plus youth. And there's a youth support line and a text and the kids help phone 1-800-668-6868. I'm so old. I used to use that number and it's still a 1-800 number. Like that's how old I am folks. 
<laughs> violence is an everyday reality. Uh, every Indigenous generation has faced it. That's why I started this podcast to speak freely without interruption, without tone police, without leadership shaming, without gaslighting questions, as many people don't want to hear Indigenous opinion, sure want to tell us theirs, even though they know nothing about Indigenous people, our colonialism, the constant surveillance of Indigenous people, our protests, our vigils, and our rights, microaggressions, internalized racism, gatekeepers, and folks who just survive off the status quo. And yeah, that's a lot. So I just needed this podcast to feel like I could be heard because I don't hear enough Indigenous-centered conversations. I want to say thank you to my ancestors, my granny, my mom, and what strength looks like through your example. Thank you to my dad for being, you know, blunt and strong and teaching me to be like that. My stepmom for showing me what a proud culture is through her Austrian family and roots and stepping up and teaching me to be a proud Calgarian. It is through her, I'm a second generation proud Calgarian. Thank you to my husband, Darcy, for producing and editing the show on top of being my husband, my childhood friend, the father of our child. And he's witnessed decades of racism and sexism. And to our child who we are blessed to learn from and still hasn't called me to pick up from camp, we are honored you chose us. You give me daily accountability to be a better and stronger person. I hope that my daughter and my family will be proud in the future trying to discuss these present day issues in a way that they can understand down the road. My Patreon account is Native Calgarian where you can pledge and support. Thank you previous donors for showing your support. If you value listening or watching and can afford to give, thank you. To those who cannot afford to give, I'd love to hear from you at nativeyyc at gmail.com where you can send in your comments or your questions. I also have a YouTube channel. You can go subscribe and go to nativecalgarian.com for the latest podcast and pin posts on social media. And I always end by giving side eye to those Calgary rabbits. You're lucky I'm not your dish as the daughter of the hair people. And my beautiful cousin would respond or you'd be in my dish. Thanks for listening.